So look, today we got Joe Kim Noor coming in here on KG Certified on Gas. Uh, be good to conversate and catch up with him, y'all. Y'all stay tuned. I'm really happy to be here on the KG show. You know, uh, the demographic that we targeting for sure uh, might call this uh, soft. There's nothing soft about facing your, your shit, you know what I mean? So I'm really excited to be here and uh, talk to KG. I started KG Certified to have a platform to be able to bring not only young players, older players, players that, you know, built the, built the game, so on and so on, but I built it for a platform of conversation. So, you know, it's dope that we can actually go back to these times or the times where we played each other or battled or whatever you want to call it and be able to talk about it. So, you know, it's, it's dope to have a platform to be able to bring the guys on here and do just that. So that's what we're going to do today. I only know KG from the court. I only know KG from the court, so I'm excited for this. You know, warrior, you know, ultimate warrior. And, uh, you know, he got that chip. Nobody really liked competing against this guy, but uh, I loved it. It was, uh, it definitely made me stronger. and. Uh, that's why I'm here today. In the art of competition, that's what it is. So, you know, I think that uh, I think that he understood where we were. I made it very plain and simple where we were in the art of competition. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna probably apologize to him today because you know I'm never here to kill someone's spirit. Uh, I'm never here to kill someone's uh, uh, fan appreciation of why you're a fan. You know, fans make the game. I really believe that. You know what I'm saying? Fans. I'm, I'm fans of people. You know what I'm saying? I'm fans of sports. I'm fans of other athletes. So, you know, the killer's vibe and all that, you know. But then I want to ask him a question, like in the sense of what you want, what he asked me, which was what move did I show? Like, what did you want me to do? You want me to stop the game and actually show you what move I like? So, yeah, but in, in all in all, Joe Kim was, uh, he was young energy. He played hard. Uh, I respected him when we played. And uh, he was a force and uh, he made his teams better. So, yeah, it'd be dope to have him in here today. It's important to speak your truth, you know, and, uh, you know, we have an opportunity more than ever now to, um, to do it our way. So I think that's important, you know, as, as competitors out there on the court, um, sometimes, you know, you don't have time for that. It's not about content. You know, you're trying to get W's. That's all it is. So now we can look back at the body of work and, uh, and really, you know, put our minds to it. <laughs> Big fella, how you doing, How man? you doing? Everything good? I'm good, man. How you? I'm good, man. No complaints. First thing I wanted to show you is the move. I caught it. Oh I faced God. you. Oh. I came baseline, I came middle, right, just like this. Boom, you go for it. I went right under, laid you. That's, that's the move. That's what happened? That's the move. When that happened, KG? Come back down, it was like ages ago, like when, like 1864 BC, I hit you with that move right there. <laughs> we came back there, we went to that side on the fly, you asked me what's up, to get off my dick, that's how we hit you. Wow, bro. You see, <laughs> that's how you did it? That's in crazy. my head, in my head, in that's, head. that's your story. That's your side okay, of the story. Okay, okay, let me see. Okay, tell me from your perspective. What did you see? Uh, first of all, you it wasn't light like that. No, you I was talking see. about it was sweet like that. No, you was catching the rock. Ha! I'm in your shit. Ha! Nothing. Right. Nothing light. Okay. Then you know that knee started hurting at the end. Oh, you that had was, an ailment. No, okay. You, your joint. Your oh joint. yeah, 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 yeah. Your joint. Remember? Yeah, yeah. So when I was catching at the elbow. Back. Yeah. Now I'm dancing. Okay. That's what I remember. Okay. So obviously we had two perspectives of this whole thing. <laughs> as I as I can recall, I had to give you mine, right? Because uh -huh. everybody was like, "Yo, what's the movie talking about?" So that was the move. Come sit down, man. Let's chop, man. Let's do it. 
This is the moment of generosity. Thank yeah. you for coming on KG Certified. I appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, man. You hear me, man? Respect. Real. Yeah. Respect. You, yeah. Mm. I'm happy we did this. No, real shit. It's needed. Yeah, it's you know needed. what I'm saying? Um, but no, no, at the end of the day, just what you were talking about, you know, don't feel bad about it. No, no, no. At the end of the day, that moment made me a better fucking player. No and doubt. I, I needed it. No, I'm telling you from a character standpoint, mm -hmm. I get it. We was, we was, it was on the court, whatever, and it was competition, but from a big bro shit, like, yeah, if I, if I can change, well, I was, I don't want to say this, but yeah, if I could change anything about myself back then, I wouldn't have been so, man, I was so fucking locked in, mm -hmm. man, and I'm, 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 I'm trained so differently just to get to a point where it was like kill or be killed and it wasn't nothing in between. Mm -hmm. So when I would, you know, it's what it is, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And uh, when I heard that man fuck with me, I was like, damn, bro was, bro was a fit, bro fuck with me? Like, oh man, I'm like, oh man, I feel, I'm, I'm gonna have to apologize to bro, man. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, you know what I'm saying? But then I know too, you go through those life lessons, man. And we not chopped before, you know what I'm saying? Before all this and shit, man. It's just good to, it's good, it's good to come into a platform, be peace and, uh, you know, and chop. Yes. I gotta ask you, bro. Bro, you know, I shoot this motherfucker like this, bro. bro. I, saw you, I saw you shot the freak though, bro. Where you get the, bro, where you get this, where you get the joint from, bro? Yo, you gotta get me on yo, that, bro. First of all, after that playoff series, so we come back to Boston, I remember I had like, of these motherfuckers. Word. I was like, this nigga got a jump with that, but you shoot yeah. that motherfucker. That motherfucker do it. Listen, the ball y'all. I was looking at him like, listen, the ball y'all is supposed to go 12 to 6. It's supposed to spin like this. It's not supposed to go 3 to 3 to 9. 3, three to 9. Do I got it right? Yeah, it's not supposed to go like this. Joe Kim, the only nigga I know to take that, take the, I don't even know what this is. I gotta consult with Rich Gray and figure out what the axle of the shit, but <laughs> nigga shot the ball sideways. How you do, how you do a three to nine on a 12 to six? I don't even know what to say. But all I know is when that shit went in though, Four they was time. devastated. I was like, yo, and then, devastated. He was, and then he was doing shit like this. I was hitting him with that. He was doing this. <laughs> he was doing all this shit. Like, man, so I looked at Rondo because every time I had a problem or I had an issue with you, I would go to Rondo or Baby. Like, man, this. And then and Doe be like, man, he been working on this shit, man. He, he don't really shoot that shit. I was like, well, he not hit four of these motherfuckers. He was like, yeah, he might have to get up on that shit. I'm like, man, I ain't getting up on that shit. Matter of fact, you hit three. Then you hit the third one, you went. And I'm like, man, you know what? Let me, let, me, let me get up on this shit. Fuck out of here. Ambassador with the Bulls, man. I love everything you've been doing, man. Yeah, we're working. We're working hard, man. You know, purpose, purpose is strong. It's everything, too. It is. And um, but I, think, I appreciate you taking the time, you know, and doing this. This is, this is real. So I was uh, I was excited to do this because I don't think, um, at least for me, I haven't seen individuals that battle came back and have conversation. What a lot of people don't know is that me and you not had a conversation since all of that right there, right? Um, I like to call it antics. I like to call it leverage. You know, when you're playing each other, you're studying each other, you're trying to figure each other out, you know? Um, you know, you was no different from that. You know what I'm saying? I talked to uh, Doc Rivers and uh, Rajon Rondo and Big Baby. I think Big Baby and Rajon had actually played against you, uh, either in college or whatever the situation was. And, you know, it was more of a, it was more of a conversation of what to expect from you. And then when I played you, it was a different experience. She was more talkative. I could tell right away your IQ was different. You had a different vibration. I could see you gathering the rest of the guys 
So all the stuff that they was giving me was totally inaccurate. So that's why, not to say I seen you as a threat or nothing like that, and I never anticipated or, or um, uh, meant for that to be, come off like it was light. Anything we did was always at a high volume. We battled at a high volume, both mentally and physically. You know what I'm saying? Um, at the same time, too, when, 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 I'm, when I'm competing, just like when you competing, or at least it felt like this, you're here to destroy. I'm here to, I'm here to cre like create doubt. That's, that's, that's one of my things. Like I was trying to destroy your will, but it never in another, in another stratosphere would I ever thought that you was a fan of mine. So, you know, I, I come today and I say I apologize for nah. killing that light, my brother. <laughs> nah, no real nah. shit, because I'm because I take a lot of pride in being a big brother to all the young guys. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate that, But bro. in the form of what we were in competing, that's what it was. And I understood it coming from you too. But I just wanted you to know I recognized your genius. I saw it. Uh I respected it. And yeah, we battled, bro. And there was nothing like that mental play. Because although you could see the physicals, you could see the little whatever's answers, but it was a whole mental mental part of, of the game being played in front of everybody's eyes and it was over everybody's head. So, you know what I'm saying? It, take, it takes a real one to play that game. You know what I'm saying? Which, that. Which, which, which leads to my first question with you, which was, no, I, I don't hear a lot about like um, your makeup or, uh, uh, excuse me, your early beginnings. Could you take me to your early beginnings? I didn't know you, you from New York. Yeah, I'm from New York. What part of New York you from? I'm from Hell's Kitchen. Oh, so wow. Midtown Manhattan. Yeah, I know Hell's um, Kitchen. Played a lot of tournaments uptown. I think uh, playing in New York definitely like shaped me. Mm. You know, um, my first year at Florida, I didn't play a lot, and that was tough for me. So um, a lot of my homies uptown were like, "Yo, you got to come and play in these street ball tournaments." So playing at Kingdom, playing at Rucker Park, shout out Roscoe Biggers, shout out A Mass, um, Voice of Harlem. Oh yeah, you know, on the mic. Spot. So it was just like for me, I think that that really shaped me. Um, if it wasn't for playing with in those street tournaments, I don't think I would have been the player that I was. But before we even go any further, I just want to say, you know, um, this is this is a really special moment. I was like talking to some of my vets um, before I came on here, and you know, I realized that everybody had something to say. And for me, I'm doing this for me right now. This is not for this is not for anybody else. Um, and being able to talk to somebody that I grew up you know, really, uh, you know, admiring on the court, just the way you competed really shaped my game. So, uh, you know, I hear a lot of people like talking about, you know, the moments when we were talking shit, when you were talking shit. And, and you know, that, that moment right there, um, it turned me into an animal on the court. It made me definitely, it made me stronger. You know, I remember you hitting, shooting that turnaround, like, silver spoon ass nigga, Facts. you know? And, you know, I used to hear that from everybody and that was another reason why I had to, you know, go even harder because I always had that, that thing to prove because, you know, Pops was a tennis player. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, I think that it made me who I am and that's why today, right now, this moment right here is for nobody else but for me um, to be able to talk about this because, you know, the dem demographics I'm trying to, you know, reach to might call this shit soft. Mm. And, and uh, there's nothing soft about facing your past, you know what I mean? So uh, I'm proud of this. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And I want you to know, man, uh, just from growth, you got to go through those hard moments. Got to go through those moments to where it, it does something to you and, you and you're stimulated off of it. 
you know, I think today's game, or at least it looks like, um, you know, things have to have a worth. And you know, I don't care what you get paid. Once you get in between those lines, it's about winning and losing. No, no one wants to be on that other end of losing. You know what I'm saying? So I like to think that, you know, still sharp and still. You know what I'm saying? For real. And if it wasn't going to be me, it was going to be somebody. You know what I'm saying? And then I like to think that whatever you took from this, you took and you actually dominated something else or you dealt with something else. And that's what this is. Somebody, our, 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 our interaction and what we had, I had one when I was younger and it shaped me to the, to the competitor and the person I was. And that's what I want to be known for, straight up, man. When all this gets stripped down of its, of its purity and you at your bear and you erect and you like, ha, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So at the end of the day, I wanted to be labeled something and I wanted to be known for a certain style. And I really believe still sharp and still. You know what I'm saying? Talk about a little bit about what you learned from your father being a tennis player. Well, he was competitive as hell, too. Right. You know, so... Um, in a different time, too, right? In a different time, you know, he was... Uh, playing in a white sport, uh, you know, he was the only black guy. And uh, today, uh, this year, it's his 40 years since he won the French Open. Oh, wow. So a lot of people say, you know, shout he's... Shout out to Pops, man. Shout out to Yannick, you know, doing his thing, still um, doing a lot of stuff with the kids in Africa, you know, building, 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 you know. But as a tennis player, you know, people always said, you know, oh, it's the last... It's been 40 years since the Frenchman won, you know, the French Open. But people don't realize that, you know, he came from Africa and uh, he left home. He left, he left Cameroon when he was 11 years old to go to. So Arthur Ashe uh, saw him play in Africa, gave him a scholarship uh, in an academy. And, um, you know, but people don't realize the sacrifices that you have to make at an early age to have a shot to be called champ, you know, so... I was blessed to be able to see that work ethic and, and the work that goes into it. You know, I think that even though my parents were to, weren't together, just seeing, um, seeing the work ethic and it's just like, it's not just practice, it's, it's a way of life. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I learned from my pops. That's dope, man. That's dope. Now, can you play tennis? I can't play tennis. Same man. word. I can't, but unlobable though, you can't lob me. Right, right, yeah, yeah, ah, duh, right, right, right. <laughs> but if if you can you can return, you can get you can you can you can you can get into like a little ah, you got a little forehand. No, I'm just saying like you can we can go in an exchange like you can carry an exchange like you can hit back and all that. Yeah, I, I'll fuck you up with that shit for sure. Oh, no, no, you'll fuck me up. You probably fuck me up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm super competitive. You can't lie to me either. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm, I got a shit backhand and all that, but I can, I can, I can like, I can rally a little bit. You know what I'm saying? If I get the right rhythm and shit, you know, two motherfuckers from the hood can't rally. You know, you need a motherfucker <laughs> who know how to hit the ball back. You know what I mean? You feel me? Hey, bro. I feel you. But um, show me that forehand again. You no, know, I'm, I'm trash. You see that? You see how that shit? I, you, still, you see how that shit was coming over? You saw, like I was like, what's my technique on that? Do I even? I didn't know that uh, John Jay Lucas. I didn't know Jay Lucas was a real tennis player. Like B. Andy Roddick, like was in it and just chose basketball. Um, was that hard for you, knowing that your father and probably was passionate as fuck about tennis and actually, actually like laid the groundwork for if you want to go that route? Was it hard? Was it hard for you to go for basketball to tennis, or was basketball like your calling? I, I was born in New York, and you know my pops used to. Um, his agent represented Patrick Ewing. Oh, okay. His agent, Patrick, um, his agent also represented uh, Donald. Shout out Donald Dell. 
uh, represented Michael in the beginning as well, Michael Jordan. So, you know, I was able to be around basketball at a young age. So I used to go to the garden and, and see the love that Yannick got. And, you know, when I saw that energy, basketball is like a religion in New York. Fuck. So uh, for me, it was like, I didn't like people comparing me at an early age, all that stuff. So basketball was just kind of, um, you know, my sanctuary and my peace of mind. And, um, you know, there wasn't no comparison or anything like that. But I learned a lot from, from my pop's work ethic. It doesn't matter what sport, but it definitely shaped me in, into the player that I, I became. Uh, who do you credit for your basketball knowledge in your build? And I, I, know, it's, I know you got to have a coach somewhere, especially in your early days when you're going to high school, you're not in college yet. Who, who, who's, your, who's your coach? First of all, I got to ask you, are you Gauchos or Riverside? No, nah, I was Long Island Panthers. Oh, Long shit, you Island went Sox. all the way left, eh? Yeah, I went, <laughs> you, went you went against the establishment. Exactly. Ooh. But we had a squad, though. It was like Charlie Villanueva. Uh, you know, we had um, Lenny Cook. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Lenny Cook. Cook. Shout out to Charlie V, too, yo. Because, yeah. man, y'all, ooh. Who else exactly. was on that team? Uh, what guards? Y'all had some guards? We had Dayon Merritt doing a lot of good shit with the kids out there in New York. Shout out Dayon Merritt. Uh, we had a guy called Cameron too. He was nice. Um, no, we had we we had a squad. We had a squad. Long Island Panthers. I had a coach called Mr. Green. He worked security at ABCD camp. Oh, okay. So he used to take me with. I used to go with him to ABCD. I wasn't playing, but I could watch everything. I saw Lenny play against LeBron, um, and LeBron won that matchup. That shit hurt from the beginning, man. It was it was tough from the beginning, cause Lenny was my guy. So, and Lenny's real too, yo. He had, he had real game. Real game. So he was the number one player in the country. You know, we're playing in all these street ball tournaments. Uh, I'm living with Mr. Green in the summer because my pops was always, I didn't live with my father. So he was always like, yo, come in the summer. Like, come hang with me in the summer. We'll chill. We'll go to St. Bars, go on all these cool places. And Mr. Green was like, look, if you want to get good at this basketball thing, you got to stay with me. So I used to stay in his house and flushing stay on his couch all summer and and you know playing in all these street ball tournaments man for real that's what shaped me you know i came into new york i came to new york i was speaking english like this with an accent so you can imagine being like a 12 year old kid you playing with all inner city kids playing with lenny all these guys i would never get in the game never but i would just watch them watch what i should do watch what watch what i can't do and you soaking up, you soaking up culture, you soaking up New York. Listen, if you ever talk to a New Yorker, straight up, I met Raekwon one time, yo, I thought I was a nigga from the hood, yo. Raekwon <laughs> was talking to me, it lost me probably like at sentence two. And he was talking God, and he was, you know, I, I, you know, real respect to the God too. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Raekwon, but I'm imagining you soaking up all this New York verbiage and all this. Right, right. For real. So you picking up on slang, how to do, how not to do. What's today's mathematics, mm. knowledge, God. Oh, okay, yeah. You, you know, I love Raekwon too. No doubt. So, um, no doubt. No, but New York, New York, man. I mean, there's not, the, the culture out there is just, it's on another level. One so one. that's, and you know, being able to play all these street ball tournaments, that's a blessing. You know, you, you look at Chicago, you know, we're doing a lot of work in Chicago with the kids and stuff. But they can't even do that no more. They taking the playground, they taking the rims off the playgrounds and all that stuff. So just to have a basketball, a street ball culture, you know, DJs, 
DJs, people Out. on the mic while you're playing. In the trees. I played in New York, yo. Like I'm, I'm a journeyman too, bro. And one of my, my favorite things you should do is go play everywhere. West 4th, uh, Rucker, 155th, uh, Dykeman, uh, Basketball City, downtown. Right. Where, where, where else they playing at? Because I wanted to tell you, I mean, I took Gordon Malone, took me to Brownsville. Never ran, never will. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, man, Steph take me to Coney Island. I'm playing in the garden over there. I'm, man, you hear me? You hear what I'm saying? I hear exactly what you're saying. Badges, bro. You get them badges. Them badges make you straight up. You got a favorite place to play in New York? Let me hear your part. My favorite park uh, was Kingdom. Where's that at? Kingdom, uptown, right in the middle of the projects. Mm. And after I didn't play uh, my freshman year in, in college, I remember Roscoe, my, my homie Roscoe. He was like, yo, you got to play in these tournaments, B. This shit's going to get you right. Mm. So I remember playing at Kingdom, Voice of Harlem on the mic, eh, 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 right, doing right, all right, this right. shit. Like, what you going to do? What you going to do? You know what I mean? Everybody's smoking blunts everywhere. You know what I mean? It's hostile. I love it. It's uh, hostile. You need that environment. So now I'm, I'm in there. The next thing you know, I'm grabbing the rebound. Oh, wow. I'm not passing it to the guard. I'm bringing it up myself. A butter mad as hell. Adrian looking at me like, yo, pass me the fucking ride, I'm the point guard. But you know, I used to like to get the rebound and bring that shit up myself. I got the whole crowd going crazy. That shit really got me hyped. You know, I didn't come from that environment, but to be able to play in that, when I came back the next year, we ended up winning the chip, getting the MVP, but it got me right. Wow. Why Florida? Right. Why, why University of Florida? I love Coach Donovan, man. Oh, yeah. You know. Shout out to Coach Donovan, man. Shout out Coach Donovan. Yes, real dude. Um, you know, the Irish dudes, they, they, they got something. There's something in the water over there. You know, they, they different. But work ethic, crazy, yep. IQ. And you know what I, what I loved about Coach Donovan is he used to do our individuals himself. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So, so y'all going through... All our shit. Oh, okay. All our shit. He jumping in there? He jumping in there. He no, critiquing? He's he, he he, starting. He's he starting critiquing? the workout. He's oh, like, okay. I got the whole thing planned out. Mm. So I knew there was not a lot of coaches that would um, that would do like the that. individuals, you know? So that was big. That's huge, too. And that's growth. And it gives you confidence and continuity. Because now you know what he's thinking and what he's probably expecting from you, right? Exactly. You know, Lord, one of the things I watched you when you was in Florida... Uh, like I said, I can't remember the first year, but your second year was so adamant just how you and Al, uh, I forget, um, I know Corey Brewer was on that squad too, and y'all had another guard or something. Torian Green. Yeah, I'm going blank on all your names, but Lee Humphrey. I watched the continuity, man. Yeah, Torian Green was on that job. I'm watching, I'm watching y'all continuity and just the passing, the big man, the big man, and y'all look like y'all have been together forever. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Talk about that team at Florida and what made y'all special. I think we loved being in the gym. You know, I remember I came into uh, school, I had my two bags, uh, and I met my, my college teammates in the gym. Right away, we checking up one-on-one. -on -one. I'm like, okay, you know, this is gonna be good because we were, we were in the lab. We were in the lab and we lived together. Uh, that class just lived together. So, you know, and the good thing was, same shit, Coach Don was like, yo, if you get the rebound, he didn't let the point guard come back and get the rock. So now we, you know, oh, we all just head man and all yeah, that. Yeah, and then you know what? We were playing all summer. So we were like, as freshmen, we were coming, we were playing against, you know, David Lee, Matt Walsh, Anthony Roberson. And, you know, we were competing with those guys. We were busting their ass, actually, but that's, that's another story. That's another story. That's another story. 
but it was good, you know what I'm saying? We were on it. We were on it. And from the beginning, and then after the second year we won the chip, we, we had so much fun playing together, you know what I'm saying, that um, we did it again. That was crazy. When did you start to think about the league? When did you start? For me, it happened later. It happened later. So it wasn't until after we won that first chip that people were like, okay, Joe, you can, you know, you're probably going to be a top three pick. It's time for you to go. But, um, you know, I wasn't too worried about, I didn't have to worry about, you know, taking care of moms, taking care of pops. I knew they were all right. So when, when Corey, Corey's situation was a little bit different. And when Corey was like, yo, let's go back to school. Let's, let's do this shit again. Like we just, we having too much fun. You know, the league can wait. And I know that's a, that's a rare position to be in, you know, especially when we had, we had opportunities to go get some money. Right there. And, and uh, when Corey said that, uh, we all decided to come back. And, um, you know, it's, I'll never forget those moments, those memories, you know, just the competition, being able to win trophy, bring it back to school. It was wild, man. How the bulls out on your back, did it feel different? It did. It wasn't as fun to me, mm. you know. The expectations sometimes were heavy because, you know, when you have, when you're in the league, you know, you can protect yourself being a little bit outside. You have your money, you know, you take care of your family. But when you're in college, you know, we living in the dorm. So you got people coming at you from everywhere. So that was, that was a lot at times. No, but y'all didn't have no like shelter or nothing, nobody to kind of protect you from that. But then y'all are students, y'all in everyday, everyday hustle and bustle, right? I mean, yeah, but you got the students knocking on the doors. You got students waiting outside your dorm. Lit. You know, you're not protected. Y'all lit. <laughs> we lit as hell. We lit as hell. So it was, it was fire though. It was fire. Are you following all the NIL stuff, bro? The NIL shit, not really, to be honest. Bro, but you I'm happy. She yeah. was doing for college. Huh? I see. She was doing for college. I think it's good. How about say you fuck with it? Or no. Uh, you know, I you know, college was a, a great time. When I look at it, you look at how much how much money this shit is generating. You know what I mean? The NIL is just kind of putting a band-aid on it. But the reality is, this tournament is generating billions of dollars. Billion. And kids aren't getting paid on it. So, um, the NIL is a good start, but to me, it should be more. You know what I mean? Are these players employees? These players? Are the players that are playing in college, swimming, softball, baseball, basketball, football, track, whatever you're doing, stickball, goddamn, whatever. Mm -hmm. you, would you consider that an employee? Not just a player, but an employee. They're working. They're working for Hell them. yeah. Facts. 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 100%. Everybody, everybody who's generating some bread needs to get paid. I think that's just, that's just fair. Facts. Yeah. That's just standard to me. Standard. Right? Standard. Right? Yeah. But they call them players, and they don't call them employees. They would not label them that. Um, you think players, do you think uh, the NIL would hurt players in any way from their determination and wanting them to get to the next level? Um, I mean, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It might, I mean... I've seen it many times, like people get contracts, people get money, it makes them soft sometimes. Fall back? Fall back. It depends on the person's personality, you know what I mean? And what's going on with that person too, right? Yeah. Like you just said, your situation was different for Corey Brewer. He probably had to do things a little different because of his situation. Exactly. Mm. But now it's taking you away from 
the important shit, and that's putting that block work, Fast. elbow work, shooting, being on the court, being on the court. Wow. Yeah. I actually said, man, um, me and a friend was talking, and um, uh, uh, he asked me, he said, um, you think giving guys bread at an early age is a bad thing? And I was like, you know, we all are different, you know, and I'm, I didn't want to generalize, but I was like, I don't think it's a bad thing for someone. Like, think of kids that, you know, are middle class and don't have to, you know, struggle and no shit like that. They still got, you know, come out great people. They still, out, you know, come out with professionals and stuff. So it's not a bad thing. But I understood what he was saying. Does it not give them that incentive anymore? So I was like, nah. Listen, I always say, man, if you really want to see if someone loves something, give them everything. Give, 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 give them a boatload of money. See if they still work hard. Because I'm telling you, once you get in between them lines, man, don't nobody give a fuck about what you make. If anything, it's a bigger you know, target on your back, right? For sure. You agree with that? A thousand percent. Right. A thousand percent. But that being said, you know, this is big business. You know, that's why we, we, you play hard. You know, you work your ass off to be able to be in those positions. You know, we blessed. This game's given us a lot. Um, but for sure, I mean, I think if, if kids have opportunities to make money, they should make as much as they can. For right. sure, that's what it's all about. I believe that too. Um, so, you know, it's crazy. Um, hearing you talk about New York, um, you know, I lived in Chicago for some time, came out of high school there. When you when I hear you talk about New York, it's 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 dead ass mirroring, I mean a straight mirroring of Chicago. Ton of hood uh tournaments, north side, west side, south side, you know, high park, east side, like wherever you can find a game and you can get into some of these places and play, that's where you play at. And then playing in some of those environments gives you those badges that I was talking about. So when you get drafted, you go through the draft process, you get to Chicago, does it feel like New York? Uh, parts of it? To me, it was, to me, Chicago was rougher in a lot of ways, you know? No, true, um, that's real, that's reality too, that's, you know. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, I've been studying a lot of um, conflict resolution, you know, in, in Chicago, uh, working with a lot of angels out there who changed their lives. Um, doing work with the kids, um, you know, the kids who are, you know, at risk of, of the bullshit. Yeah. So um, shout out Kobe Williams um, for all the work, you know, just being able to, you know, teach me. I feel like, you know, when you play for the Chicago Bulls, you have a responsibility to this. Wherever you're playing, you have a resp responsibility to that city. To that community. Yeah. To that community. So Kids are looking up to you. To me... All that stuff was was the biggest blessings. The, you know, the, the most impactful stuff I ever did was not on a basketball court. It was, you know, working with uh, these uh, violent prevention groups and, and really just going in there, even though I didn't come from that world, just really going in there and listening and using um, my position as a Chicago Bull player to, you know, do basketball tournaments, bring the guys together. Because it's a divided city. There's a lot more than a lot more than New York is. You know, when you say, "Oh, I'm from the Bronx," people aren't saying, "Oh, he represented. He's with that group." Or you say, "Oh, I'm from Brooklyn." You're not saying, "Oh, he's this. He's that. He represents that set." You know, in Chicago, it's like that. You know, it's like that, right? In the in the some of the yesteryears of 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 older times, it was a huge migration of, of blacks that came from the south trying to get a better life, 
And when they got to these bigger cities, just like New York, just like Philadelphia, just like in uh, Chicago, they fell upon really, really hard times. And in some, some instances where the police wouldn't even come to the neighborhoods because it was so bad in some of these rural areas, that the neighborhood had to actually band up and protect the neighborhood. So then all, these, all of a sudden, you have these neighborhoods come up with these little street gangs, and they name them street gangs, call them street communities, street groups, whatever you want to call them. But they was real protectors of the neighborhood. When the women and stuff were to get you know, uh, robbed of their purses and stuff, they went to the local who ran this neighborhood to go handle the situation and vice versa. Same thing with small businesses. Windows getting busted, you know, the little, little petty theft, things in the neighborhood, keeping the neighborhood clean, came from these, these city groups. And it wasn't until the soldiers came back from war, now guns and drugs are introduced, creatures of habit, with the last to get resources, all the stuff compiled, and you got an environment now. But these street groups never went anywhere. If anything, they unified, they was communicative, and when they became a problem was when they had all a strategic structuring, and they all wanted to build on something to make their communities better. You know what I'm saying? We can all sit here and talk about the definition of what that looks like. <clears throat> I hear what you're doing back in Chicago. Talk about some of, well, I think you just touched on it a little bit, but talk about what you're doing in Chicago with, with gun prevention, with bringing these groups together to at least start dialogue. Because I feel like when you start dialogue, a lot of these groups look at themselves as, as they are different going into the dialogue. And once the dialogue starts, they see that they're very much alike. They're very much on the same page and they're very much parallel in their efforts to make something better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, wanna, I want you to speak a little bit on what you're doing back in Chicago because I think it's not only what's, what's, what's needed, but I think it's, it's so important to, for people to hear. I appreciate that. No doubt. Um, I salute you too, King, for that. Appreciate that. Real shit. Um, you know, we're working with um, a lot of violence prevention groups and um, being able to bring them together through sports, through basketball. So we do the basketball league. It's not about getting the top talent. It's about bringing the guys together and, and giving them a voice. You know, uh, obviously there's a lot of um, hardship in the neighborhood. And um, the, if we can bring them together as much as possible, um, I think a lot of beauty can come out in the unity, you know, and being able to talk. And uh, because everybody's just so divided. So I think that one thing that was really important was just being able to bring the guys and come to the game, get, give them tickets. You know, I think that that also gave me a lot of strength when I was playing because I knew I was playing for uh, more than myself, you know. And uh, that's why when I played in Chicago, I think it just definitely, uh, I knew I was, I knew I was, I had my purpose was stronger than ever. Um, and still to this day, look, I'm done playing. I'm still on it. And, you know, the reality is the violence isn't getting any better. True. So, you know, I'm not trying to come over here. I'm not going out there preaching to anybody. But, you know, it starts with just doing shit like this. Like, you know, when I'm walking in the street, I'm in New York, people might be like, yo, fuck KG. And they don't even know the situation. I'm hearing people like talking about a moment that happened 20 years ago, you know. And I want, the, I want people to know, look, this is about conflict resolution and you guys are dealing with, with shit on a much bigger scale, you know. When you're talking about nobody die, nobody's dying when you're playing basketball, you know. So 
when your cousin's getting killed, you're talking about conflict resolution. You know, that's, that's real perspective. Like, how do, you, how do you diffuse a situation without somebody getting killed or somebody going to jail? So um, the reality is the violence is not getting better, but there has to be a bigger investment in the community and bring guys together and get, letting them talk their shit out. You know, it's not, about, it's not about me. I don't like coming into environments like that, preaching and talking about my story. It's not about my story. This is about the guys coming together, and if I can help bring the guys together, I'm going to do that. I love that. Bro, if you need any help with that, let me know, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in not only bringing people together, but starting to talk and changing the script, bro. The script needs to be changed. I feel like these young kids are looking for um, or have an ideology of, of an idea that they want to believe in, but don't know how to execute it. I think the old heads want to help these young guys, but don't know how to go about it. And I think when you get them together, it's beautiful because you get an older generation and new generation coming together. I can't say that everybody or it doesn't always feel like they want them two to be together. Sometimes it feels like you want, you want, you want it at odds or it's felt like it's promoted to be at odds. And uh, anything that can change that narrative or anything that can change that script, I'm all for. So you let me know, bro. I'm a real shit, real shit. I love that. That's, nah, that's why shit, I came man. here for. Nah, real for shit. It. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want you to know that, man. And um, man, I love what you're doing with Africa, man. I see the African lead, bro. Talk about it, man. What you is—is is that a real thing? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It's, I saw, it's, it's I saw, happening. I saw your—I uh, saw your reel. I saw your reel. Y'all, you, you know, you and your team sent me. I was like, um, it had Obama endorsing it. It had the—it had the lead. Talk, talk, talk about the African lead, man. Um, well, it's something I'm really proud of. You know, just to be a part of a, of a league. So now you look at it. You know, when you're a competitor, when you're in it, you. You don't look at the big picture. You don't look at the wide scope of it. Uh -huh. You win it. You win it. And now it's like, okay, I'm a part owner of a league in Africa. Um, this is really special because I would go back uh, in the summers, you know, at the height of my career, and shit, there's so much work to do. And I, you know, you're you're alone, and it's like you can't change a culture. Like, you can't do this shit by yourself. So now it's about bringing you know, your network, bringing all the people together to do good shit. But when this opportunity came to be able to be a part, to invest in NBA Africa, for me, it was no brainer. I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Um, you know, but basketball is not a big part of African culture yet. But, you know, you look at Joel Embiid, he's probably the MVP of the league right now. But the reality is he started playing basketball at 16, 17 years old. Very late in his life, yeah. So imagine when they lower the hoops and they got the little shorties. Wait till these young African boys come in with the ha, hezzy. <laughs> right, when they need to put their own lick on it. Exactly. Right. So we don't have that yet. Right. That's not there yet. So the league is great. Um, you know, the NBA's invested. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of big leaders are invested. And now I'm at the table. With, with the big dogs. So I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot about business, but at the same time, it's like, yo, let's really focus on the grassroots. And what I'm hoping for is like, you know, OGs who are done playing, who want to give their, you know, their experience, their leadership, like we can go and do that. And the reality is we so blessed in America, people don't realize like Cameroon got one indoor court in the whole country. One? In the whole country. So now, you start building infrastructure where you have the OGs coming in and really sh showing these kids how to really hoop, it's a wrap.
How are they building it? Are they building it from Lagos, like Nigeria, you know, Cameroon, or Ivory Coast, like some of the bigger, South Africa? Are they, are they starting with some of the bigger, the bigger countries? Uh, right now, there's two, there's three big arenas. So they're in Senegal, um, you know, where there's probably the two best academies for the kids uh, on to, the continent to learn. To to learn. learn. Okay. So Amadou Gallo Fall, who's the president of, uh, he was he was a scout for uh, Dallas. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So we were we were we were tight coming up. You know, I almost went there um, to go play with Dirk when I came in. Um, but we always kept our relationship. And you know, when he became the president and there was an opportunity, I jumped on that. But right now, the big structures, the big stadiums are in Rwanda, mm. um, in Senegal, and in Egypt. But we still have we we got ways to go. We got ways to go, but. The talent is there for sure. Really? I saw, I saw, I saw it on the real. I saw, I saw, um, obviously I'm on social media and I see uh, a, a bits and pieces. I saw J. Cole go in the league, play. Um, <clears throat> do you see, um, matter of fact, on a scale of one to 10, when it comes to skill, what's the, what's, what, what's, what's Africa, the, the continent? As we know, basketball. Mm-hmm. And by the way, basketball right now is an international. Uh, it's it's a it's a um, European sport right now. Mm-hmm. The moves that's in the game, the Euros, the flopping, don't look American. And then the best players are, are European. Give me a take on that. You agree with that? Um, I mean, there's a lot of great European talent, um, but I mean, there's. The talent is coming from everywhere, man. Yeah. And it used to just be states. States. Ain't no more. So it's not like that no more. So, but what people in the states have to realize is, yo, I don't care where you're from, you have everything here. You got everything. You got the best facilities in the world are here. The best coaching is here. But I feel like the kids are are spoiled. Not as hungry. Not as hungry. As the world as the world. The world is hungrier. So that, to me, that's where I want to put my, I want to put my energy. When I'm talking to a shorty, he's not looking at me like, oh, he's not playing no more. Like, you know, I don't care about my, my Instagram's not going to be as lit as it was when, you, I'm not trying to hear all that shit. I want to, when I'm talking to you about basketball, I want you to be 100% in it. And yo, I haven't experienced this shit. I played against the best players in the world. And if you hungry and you really want it, I want the kids out there to really have an opportunity. So that's what this league is showing these kids. They don't have to fly all the way to the States uh, to go to um, you know, boarding school or go play um, NCAA. You don't have to do, we were just talking about NIL. Like, there's a league out there, a professional league, and you don't have to leave home. So obviously, you know, Africa's a huge continent. Uh, there's a lot of different cultures. You know, South Africa's culture is very different from the North, uh, you know, and East, West, vice versa. It's all different. But the reality is when you lower the hoops and you let these kids play and they get the good coaching, it's a wrap. Imagination takes over, eh? Imagination. Soccer's still huge over there? Soccer's huge. Soccer's Soccer's still winners, right? They winners, but same thing. It's like, yo, we got to invest in the... um, yeah. In the structures, yeah, I do. Yeah. you know, that's what it is. It's like just if we can invest in this. But to me, it's like my purpose is stronger than ever, more than when I was playing. It was like when I was playing, I was representing the Bulls. I was representing my team and I tried to do that to the best of my ability. Now it's not about me. It's just, okay, 
I have my experience, but I'm watching. I know what it looks like. I know what a, a good practice looks like. I know what getting better looks like, you know, because I lived that for most of my life. But, and I saw that, I, I did that in Europe, you know, starting to play basketball in France. Uh, same, same facility as where Victor Wembenyama, same place that he, he's coming up. Mm. So that's why I started playing. And so I saw it, I saw the grassroots and what it looks like in, in Europe, um, America as well. You know, we talked about that New York City, streetball term, all the stuff. Right. Uh, and now Africa, it's like, yo, they're building slowly but surely. But when the investment starts coming in and people really see like, yo, if we put this, you know, if we put this time in right now, this next generation from over here is going to be on another level because they're hungry. Greater than the G League? No, not yet. Not yet? It's not better than NCAA. Mm. I wouldn't say it's better than NCAA. Super raw. Raw, raw. But it's the same thing. It's like you look at African dudes when they come in, right? And they come to America. First of all, um, what's their job? The dirty work. You set the screens, you roll, rebound, don't rebound, don't ask for, don't you dare ask for the ball. Mm. That shit, that narrative, that's changing. Mm. You got Embiid was about to go MVP, you pass him, you better pass him the ball Facts. every fucking time down the court. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Like Siakam, come down, Siakam. one dribble pump, pump fake, one dribble pull up, hit, uh, right hand hook. Uh, you got Giannis, who a year or your ass to death and put you in the rim like Shaq. Like, yeah, yeah. It's totally different. The whole narrative's changing. The whole narrative. But the resources are not all the way there, but the time and the equity and the investment has been there for those players to be like this, wouldn't you say? I mean, if Man, you Giannis look at- worked out with Kobe. Giannis worked out with me. You know, Giannis worked out with other NBA, uh, Jason Kidd. Giannis has had the investment. Think about uh, MB. MB got not one year, he set out two years. Mm-hmm. Think about the investment on, on Africa and the players that come out of there in the time. Usually, bro, you know this, and I, in the times where, because I'm a little older than you, but bro, you don't get two, you get two years? Bro, you didn't get two years. Mm-hmm. Two years means somebody was like, nah. Yeah. We, we, we gonna wait on this. Yeah, but in the league, that's a different thing. Right. Once they're already there. That's what so I'm saying. So I see what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, those investments are making. I'm, I'm expecting, listen, motherfucker, you got to work out with Kobe and some, nah, nah. You, yeah, you're going to be different at some point. I'm waiting on it to hit, so. Uh-huh. That, so I'm saying that when you drop those resources in there, I don't think that it's going to be something. I look at it, I see Africa being greater than the China, China, the China League. And I say that because of the sourcing right there. Once you start throwing imagination, start teaching, start teaching little things like getting your head up and identifying in the rim. Once you start really getting through the nuances and tangibles that really make the game, the details, those kids' imagination starts taking off. For sure. You know what I'm saying? And that that's what needs to happen. So. That's what needs to happen. Yeah. You know, but you, you, you walk to the market out there and you might see a, a dude that look like you. He never touched a basketball. He, he looked like you, bro. Just like me. He looked just like you. Just he like never me. touched a basketball before. Never. You know what I mean? Never. 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 He's 6'11", long as motherfucker everything. All that. Purple, black, green, <laughs> all that. Blue, all that shit, right? Super melanin, right? Super. Don't even know what this is. What, what is this? What is that? Are you serious? That's the, re- that's the reality of the thing. So now we're building a course. You know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of dope shit. We just got to keep it up and keep building. Damn, man. That's 20 years behind? 20 years behind. 20 years behind? 20 years behind. Damn. 
How you speak? How you speak that up? Camps, involvements? Because I know they, I know the NBA does something over there, right? Or they go over every year. I know Matumbo used to be big at that. Um, shout out Matumbo. Yo, shout out, shout, shout out Matumbo. Yo, what's, what's the guard from uh, Toronto? Uh, the, uh, the, I'm going blank on this name. Help me, Rich. What's the, what's the African name? Yeah. Masai, Masai. Masai. Yeah. I see him sending a huge charge. So every, every year now, I think we need to put the investment of these camps, fly some of the old heads over, let them, cause you know, they, they know us. And then it's, it's so, it's so hard on some of these young guys who are playing, you play the whole season. I know you don't want to take your summer and go over to Africa. Yeah. And then two, um, I think that script is going to start changing, right? For that, that's the reality. At the, at the end of the day, it's taking your time. Facts. It's giving your time. Cause that's everything. And that's that's the most important thing. You Facts. know, we get some of these OGs to come over there. That means a lot. Mm. It goes a long way. It does. And these kids, they appreciate it on another level. So that's really what my focus on. More than you know, the investment in the league. All that stuff is great. Mm. But focusing on the grassroots part. If we get this piece right, then the league's only gonna blossom. Right. You know. So. Um, you know, I love I love talking about this with the guys and see really who who's into it. Sometimes I talk talk to guys about it and they're like, man, I, I, they're not interested. Mm. But the guys who are and who are like, yo, I want to know about my heritage a little bit. You know, it's it's deep. You know, going back, we did a beautiful trip with D Rose uh, last summer. We brought his high school team to Senegal, so he was playing against the best competition in, in Africa at the NBA Academy, and it was like the cultural exchange was beautiful. You know, so. Um, being able to have do that trip, I had just got married. I was on my honeymoon. Pooh was like, "Okay, I want to do this this trip to Africa." I was like, "I'm not missing that shit." Mm. So we went. It was awesome. We went to go visit the the slave castles, you know. And then it became a trip that was bigger than basketball, you know, because now you got kids from Chicago coming in, competing against the guys in Africa. They in Africa. They looking around. There was, and it's the same thing. It's like you don't even have to preach. You don't have to say much because they're just you know, taking in this experience, they're coming back to their neighborhood and they're like, yo, inspired. how is Africa? And they, can, they, have, they have a real story to tell, you know? So talk about perspective. Um, that, was, uh, that was one of the dopest things I ever did in my life, That's to dope, be honest. Man. That's dope, you gotta go through it. Shit, you gotta go through the whole shot and do that, boy. Farragut would do something like that. Man, so now I gotta ask the question: Is the is the is the is the, is the ideal is to bring like uh, some African teams over in the summer and have them play some of some of the talent in Chicago and get kind of that experience and back and forth? I mean, to me, that's that's my dream. That's the move. That's what that's the move. Bet MGM, are you listening? We're gonna sponsor that. Side deals. We're gonna talk about the Noah's Ark. Yeah, <laughs> international certified. You hear me? Yes, sir. Talk about it, man. Noah's Ark. It's Noah's your foundation. Ark, you know. Shout to Noah's Ark. You know what I'm saying? Y'all doing big things, no doubt. I appreciate no doubt, you, man. I love that name, man. Yeah, man. T- t- talk about it a little bit. What's Noah's Ark? Uh, Noah's Ark is a foundation I started with my mom's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mom was on the west side. Shout the moms. moms right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mom was, you know, knocking at the Major Adams Community Center. Um, mom, mom um, does a lot of art therapy with the kids. So my mom was very hands-on in, in the work in the community. Uh, she would come out when she came visit me watching me play. She would always go to the community and do, um, do work with the kids, with the art. And then, you know, I was doing these basketball tournaments with, with the OGs. And to me, I always, 
I always loved the vets. You know, the vets to me was probably the most, it was amazing getting the knowledge from them. You know, I think about, you know, Kurt Thomas, you know, Keith Bogans, uh, even Scal. Scal used to come in and talk about, about you all the fucking time. Like, yo, this is, this is how, this is how, this is what KG used to be. I'd be like, man, I'm nobody trying to hear that shit right now, man. It was just to motivate you. It was <laughs> some insight. Shout out to White Mamba. Shout you out to the saying? White Mamba. Um, um, but you know, before before we 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 get out of here, I just want to also talk about you know the motivate Tibbs man, and um, you know I know we're talking about Noah's Ark, but let me let me finish on Noah's Ark. You good, you good. Take your time. Um, but Noah's Ark has has been special. But you know we're really focused on the work in Chicago, and right now it's about this basketball tournament that's starting up this summer using the 28 violence prevention groups come together. We got South Side going on, we got the West Side going on. Bring the guys together, have the conversation. It's more than just basketball. We're not talking, the basketball part is cool. We're bringing, we're doing that, but all the programs that are gonna come in, the conversations that are gonna come after, that's what it's all about. And that's, that's my mission right now. My purpose is stronger than ever. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I'm fucking really hyped to be here right now. Because like we're talking about, we're talking about conflict resolution, you know, I want people to know I'm about, I'm handling mine right now. You know what I mean? People aren't going to go in the street and say, they can say whatever they want. This one was for me. I love it. I love it. I love it. Are you watching, uh, are you watching NBA? You keeping up with it? For sure. All Uh, of it. Is it it bugged out to watch, see Al still going? Uh, it's not bugged out. It's bugged out that I'm I'm rooting for Boston a little bit. Oh, I want him to yo, get it. Yo, y'all getting this? Yo, we in here? Y'all hear this? We got want, the whole room. We heard this, right? Right. Say that again? Nah, just, but say, nah, mostly, say that again? no, 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 I can't, I can't. <laughs> nah, I want to. Uh, <laughs> nah, I'm for, I want Horfi to get one bad. You know, he deserves it. The fact that he can still go playing at a high level. And you know he's making that team go, you know, and and it shows the importance of having like the right OG, and that's more than just basketball. That's in life, like having having guys that you could talk to that have been through every situation. He's that guy, so really proud of him, the way he's handling his business, and it's on. That three ball really changed everything for him. He start he he, you know, it's weird that it got it got it got preached to us to stay away from it, right? She. Uh, I'm trying to think of bigs that shot the three. Not a lot. Not a lot, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going blank. Apologies. Dirk. Dirk. But I'm watching the, re, the, 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 the re-emergence of a guy like Brooke Lopez. Goes to the Lakers, starts shooting the three, and next thing you know, he's having a whole nother career, right? Man, Al Horford's in that same category. Um, the three ball has changed. And then last year, I watched him change the cold course of why the Celtics and destroy it, or if, yeah, yeah, he, he, he destroyed Giannis in that, in that series to me. Yeah. He, he, he actually, you know, but then when you look at Al, he took a, it was a year in OKC where he didn't play, where he had that whole year to just not only work out, but be on a roster, still be here. Um, how long do you think Al continues to play, if you know Al? Well, so Al was my college roommate, and, you know, I think if his approach is, his approach is definitely the same. You know, he's, uh, he, even in college, he was probably like the most professional person mm. that I ever been around. He's always you know? been big like this? Uh, for as long as you know him? Yeah, he, I mean, he got bigger for sure. Facts, I know that, but, but he's always been in a, like a, 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 a bigger person? Yes. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? His center. 
Wow. You know, but you know, it, it's funny because when we were in college, I was playing top of the key. He was the one who was playing in the post mostly. Right. Right. You know, um, but you know, he's he's a all around player, and just like you said, you know, he got that three ball. Um, but more than just basketball, I think like when when I talk to like some of the guys, I talked to Jalen Brown at All Star a little bit, and just like the respect that he gets from the guys. Mm. That's that's dope to me, you know. It's like real OG really, in there. Yeah, man, he's a good OG, and yeah. you know he's been in the situations. Yeah. So now he's fighting for, you know, it's the end of it's. Who knows? He he could probably play for for a little more, but you know, just to be in that position, to be able to wake up in the morning and, yo, I got the playoffs today. Facts. I got a playoff game. Like, that's the shit I miss the most. Is like, yo, those moments of just, you know, you in layup lines. I mean that that to me it's like those moments playing against y'all like I could like hear the in the air tonight I can hear that song you know what I mean I'm those layup lines I was so crunk I couldn't even feel my legs bro you know what I'm saying it was just super intense super it was the best super it was the best so those moments is what I miss the most this is the time of the year that I miss the most and uh, you know I really hope Horfi gets one. Playoffs exposes everything. You you can't hide anything. Ain't nothing new. They know what you love to do. They know they know your your catalog of moves. And I actually think that this is when players get better, because you got you can't go with the A and B, right? So, yeah, my C and D is nice too, though. You know what I'm saying? So I want to. This is where I want to see like the real nice players or the players that we got on like higher levels go to another level with it. Actually, and and they, those those playoffs, man. It's like you think that the the you know you get to the league and you think that the season is is what the NBA is all about, you know. But guys, there's so many games that it's hard to play at that level um, every night, you know. I think some guys do it, but as a whole, when you get to the playoffs, I mean, that first time I, I hit the playoffs was against you guys. You were hurt that series, but that series like it. It changed my life. Great series, by the way. It was hard watching that shit. It was hard sitting there and not being able to physically contribute. Um, when you give me your assessment on today's game, man. Like you're still young enough to be understanding of these young guys. You know the, <laughs> the funny clip I love on the internet is when y'all in summer, y'all in the summer playing, and y'all double, <laughs> y'all double Book. Booker. And he was like, man, I'm trying to work on my game, man. Like. Ain't no double teaming in summer. And you're like, yes, it is. And you just kept it moving, like on some OG shit. What's your assessment of the young generation right now, man? Um, I think that the game is just is different. The, the kids are just way more polished, man. It's like everybody's better. And the difference between skill one through eight, mean, right? yeah, skill-wise. Yeah. But one through eight, you're, you're the first seed against the eighth seed. These games are close. Like the talent, you the fifteenth guy on the roster. The difference is not that big, you know. These guys are getting better. The, I think the talent is is better, um, and it's just different, you know. Guys, if you can't shoot the ball, you're not playing no more. Thugs. You're not playing no more. You, you think better. the three ball is the difference in generations? I think so. It's it's made the big not so traditional. Your traditional big right now, I don't give a fuck how nice you're on the box. If you can't shoot the floating three, if you can't trade, if you can't take the trail three or make a three in the corners, and this gotta be, I'm talking about like six for ten type shit. You gotta be like 60% from those two. Ain't he giving it to you? You ain't doing shit in uh in on defense. You they're not having bigs come up no more and, and, and actually be up. 
Steph Curry comes off of a top screen and roll, you're in the, you're in the paint. Like, ice. it's no ice. There's they don't no push ice. things to the side no more. They're not. Man, 150 to 145? Like, no, come on, crazy. man. What the fuck? Come on, man. It's man, crazy. we'd have been fighting in the locker room, bro. For real. Like, 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 yeah, but it's all designed for a different audience. And this different audience won't sit to be hyped up like that. They're selling offense. And then come playoff time, I feel like they're selling defense. Because you, I'm so hyped in, you know what? Me and my homies would be sitting here watching the TV, man, and it'd be like 140 and, you know, I'm like, all right, man, 140? Yeah, it, 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 it does trip me out. Like, yesterday I'm watching the game and I'm seeing like, I'm not even gonna, whatever. He, he grips, gets the offensive rebound. Yo, you got, you got Chris Paul on you. You got like, you got small guys on you. You throwing that shit out for a three. I'm like, yo, you, come on, man. Yeah, analytics. Go up. Analytics. Go up. Analytics. That, that bugs me out. That trips me out. If you was commissioner for for two years, what would you change? Damn. It's a tough question. Certify, Lord. Gotta have you on your toes, you know what I'm saying? What would I change? Yeah. First thing you change in day one. Well, I'm happy that they changed the piff. That I think that the weed thing was great. I'm Relax. really, I'm really happy about that. Relax. Guys can just at the end of the night relax. can relax. 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 See, we didn't have that. Nope. And um, so I'm happy that they did that. Um, that shit took a lot of careers too, bro. A lot of careers. And they never did anything about drinking and all that shit. Took it out of the locker room, but I saw drinking as such a bigger, harsher habit than, than anything else in our league. Obviously, yeah. harder drugs are harder drugs, but I was watching motherfuckers get drunk on every night and me, you know, like, like, what the what? Like, mm -hmm. nah. Because you need your liver and your kidneys and all that, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. yeah, I'm glad they actually relaxed on that and guys can actually. Um, have solutions to some of these ailments that they have. Cause you know, nobody wants to say this, but anxiety is a real thing. You know, some of these conditions are a real thing, you know? Uh, aspirin ain't gonna fix it, but so much, you know what I'm saying? So I totally get it, man. Uh, yeah, I think, so, I think that, that, was, that one was really important because I don't think people realize game, you know, you're playing a game at the highest level. You got 20,000 20, people going crazy. Um, you know, you think, With that kind of adrenaline being on the court, you think that you're going to sleep at 12 o'clock, just, oh, the game's over, it's time to go to bed? Like, I can't, I couldn't shut it down. No way. I couldn't shut it down. So I'm happy that guys have, you know, have that outlet to just be able to calm down, meditate on it and, and get some rest. And I think the, the rest is the most important thing. You know, guys, guys are getting hurt left and right. Yeah, I was going to say that, man. You see how they talk about 65 games and you see how they... Are you a fan of Lowe's management? Uh, not really, but I mean, it's tough, man. I, I mean, everybody's different. You know, it's like you look at the how people are talking about Kawhi and shit. Yo, homie's fucked up. Homie's fucked up. So that's that's load management. Just because it, it wasn't my way, you know, it wasn't the way we were raised. But at the end of the day, you know. I can't, I can't be over here just because it wasn't my way and say, you know, what's right and what's wrong. You know, some guys need that shit for real. So, Is it hurting the game or, or is it helping the game or hurting the game, would you say? Load management? Load management. I think there's a lot of analytics in it that's just taking, taking away the soul of the game. Mm. You know, listen to the guys. Like sometimes like, yo, sometimes you got to play through shit. Facts. So, 
And, and you know what? That's how you get your respect. Like when I, when I go around in Chicago and people are like talking to me and they're like, yo, thank you for your services. Mm. That's not because, that's because I was playing through shit, Facts. you know? That's because I was battling in the playoffs. You're not going to get that because you got a big contract or, you know, just because you were a good team. No, you got you to gotta fight through that shit sometimes. But sometimes the, 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 the guy, I think there's a lot of like nerdy shit going on where people are like, oh, you know, you're in, the, you're in the red. They're putting all kinds of stuff to get data and all these. Yo, listen to the guy, man. Just listen to the guy. Sometimes I think it's, it's, it's too much. Mm. Yeah. I know you. I know you spoke on him um, earlier. Uh, first off, shout out for you being a um, ambassador of the game for the French team. Shout out to you being the ambassador for the Chicago Bulls. You know what I'm saying? Those are those are real key points. People just don't get those. Real shit. That's respect to you. Um, talk about Victor a little bit, man. Is he is he what is he as advertised? I see I see him do one legged. Threes, I see him. Uh, first off, he's how how tall is bro, man? Bro, seven seven for real. Yeah, he's like seven four. He look like a seven four KD. Yeah, like long wing, uh, biggest wingspan NBA Holy in shit. the NBA right away. Um, he can shoot that. Moment he can too, shoot right? that for real. And we'll see. You know, there's a lot of expectations on him. Uh, I hope that he gets a good coach. He's surrounded. He's in a good environment. You know how that can be early on. Um, so if he's in a good environment and a good structure, um, I don't know him well enough to really know, you know who's going to be coming with him uh, when he gets to the league and stuff. But, um, you know, when you, you come in, you're a top pick, you know, you're going to a not great team. Um, and that's why these playoffs are so important, because when you have that playoff energy from the locker room and, you know, the guys have played in it, they can be like, yeah, we fucking around right now. It's January. But when that shit when, May, when April, May come, Real. you know, that's a whole different animal, you know. So that's why you're in the weight room more. That, I mean, that playoff series, I want to just talk about it a little bit. It's just that first playoff series just shaped my life, man. It's my basketball career. From what perspective? What do you mean? You know, just playing against Perk. I was getting pushed, I was getting pushed around. Yeah. And, um, and that summer, I remember I was like, okay, like. That's not happening no more. That's not happening. It motivated me like crazy. I remember, you know, even I'm in, I'm in my house, I'm smoking. I'm like, yo, I'm putting the blunt down. Like, I gotta focus. I gotta stay focused. We got, we we gotta go back. Cause that feeling, there's no better feeling than I'm going back doing my push-ups. You know, Celtic circle on the calendar. Real shit. I love the real shit. This is a platform for all the older cats. All the cats I banged against, all the cats that I played against, all the cats I respect, all the cats that got something positive going on. I'm here to echo what they're doing on this. You know what I'm saying? I got partners. I don't have no boss in this. And so I left Turner <clears throat> with all that experience and came over here and got with Showtime. And we're just building something. So I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna keep doing that. But I'm watching Doe, I'm watching you, I'm watching Baby, I'm watching TA, I'm watching Perk, I'm watching a bunch of young cats under me come under this and want to be in this and do it a whole nother way. So, you know, we're just trying to, we're trying to be a door so motherfuckers can come through. Yeah, because right now, if you ain't going to ESPN, you're going to Turner, you're sitting there like in limbo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I see Gil doing this thing. I see uh, Knuckleheads, Q and um, mm -hmm. uh, um, D-Miles doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? So 
everybody, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring us all together and do something on a bigger joint. You know what I'm saying? Not just have it be over here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how cool. this is, man. Um, I'm a huge fan of um, the younger generation, man, or generation that was younger. And one of my favorite matchups that I, I, I enjoy watching was the Rondo Derrick Rose matchup. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, my perspective was just like yours. I was always seeing it from like, you know what I mean? And I was watching these two great point guards be great. Talk a little bit about playing with uh with Derrick Rose, man, and his greatness. I mean, Derrick is um, you know, he's he it was it was awesome playing with that guy, you know, just what he represented to that city of Chicago. Looked like it know. too. For real. Looked like y'all had dope chemistry. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you know, he's a quiet guy, but you know, every time he stepped onto the floor, you know, we felt like we had a chance to win. Facts. So that was uh he gave everybody around, not just the team, but the whole city, uh, so much confidence. You know, um, just his talent alone, um, just the way he approached the game. Um, he never ran from no matchups. You know, I remember his first year. Uh, this is a funny story. Uh, you know, he, Kirk Heinrich was our best pick and roll defender, so he's guarding Steve Nash. Mm. And Vinny Del Negro's like, yo, Kirk, you got, you got Steve Nash. And Pooh's like, nah, I got Steve Nash. I'm the point guard. I'm not running from no matchup. So a whole <laughs> the whole locker room quiet as hell. But that's the kind of guy, and like Pooh Poo was not taking no for an that As a rookie, as a rookie. So that's the kind of energy he had. He didn't want to run from no matchup, you know, and he was about this, this he was all, all about this hoop shit. And um, he was the quiet guy. I was the loud guy. So we were kind of, you know, we, even though we came from completely different worlds, we meshed like we were brothers. We're still brothers to this day. And that's something I'm proud of. It's like, yo, it's not about, um, I'm proud of our brotherhood with those, with those teams, you know, like Luol Deng, shout out Luol Deng, all the work that he's doing in South Sudan, president of his country in basketball. They just qualified for the World Cup, doing real, 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 real shit. Shout out to Luol Deng. Shout out Luol. Doing big things, look him up. Uh, D Rose too, it's like just to see the shit that he went through, um, the adversity that he went through with his injuries and just to see him at peace. Um, with the game, the way, you know, his, his role as an OG with the younger guys, like that goes a long way. Like he's not playing as much now, seeing him just being there, being supportive, being there with the guys. Um, and I, I, you know the guys are looking at it like, yo, if he can handle it and handle this shit like a, like a man um, and handle his adversity like a man, yo, they, the guys on the Knicks are seeing that every day. That goes a long way. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate that guy, not just as a hooper and the greatness that he was as a hooper, but the way he's handling his his shit. You shocked he's still in the league? Um, yeah, no, nothing shocks me with that guy. Man. Right. Nothing shocks me with with that guy. But I just like I like his mindset. You know, I think that people in his position there, there's a there could be a lot of um. He could be bitter about a lot of shit because. You know the the injuries probably robbed him of some of his. Uh, greatness, but to see him at peace with it is what I'm the most happy because that's my brother. At the end of the day, win or lose, I don't give. A, it's more about seeing him happy. That's what I care about. I love that. Yeah. That's what's up. Man. Yeah. And I'm not. I, I look at bro as a man, 
Lord, great. And when you great, you just don't put that out. It just don't go nowhere. You know, you great for a reason. It's a lot of times in between what's between your ears. You know what I'm saying? So when I watch him play the other night, Tibbs threw him in there. Him and Tibbs still together, by the way, right? They going <laughs> they gonna go forever, right? When I seen Tibbs threw him in there for like two seconds, he got the joint through the lob like it was, ah, just, ah, I'm just in Central Park. I'm, I'm just chilling. Like, yeah, man, big shout out to D Rose, man. I'm a huge, huge D Rose. Uh, it's not fan. over. It's not over either. Nah. Keep nah. it going, B. Nah. You know, nah, Tibbs, Tibbs, Tibbs might not be playing him right now, but he might be somewhere. I know. You never know. You, listen, it's good to have him right there where you can put him in there. Ain't exactly. he ready? He's he sitting there, you know what I'm saying? On go. So, yeah, shout to D Rose, man. That's my dog, man. Um, bro, I got to ask you just, bro, would you ever get into coaching? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. I don't fuck with coaching. Nah, I'm like saying that. it's like you got a lot of knowledge, bro. You got a lot of energy. You got a lot of vision. You got a lot of knowledge, man. You got a, some of that shit, you know what I'm saying? I, I know it's, I heard you just say you got married. I don't know if you got kids, but at some point you got to pass this down. And I'm sure you do this to when you, you know, dealing with your, you know, your African teams and everybody else. But I want to know that. Would you go back to Florida, take a, take a coaching job or would you? I don't, there's too much politics in coaching. You know, uh, I actually, I coached a, oh, shit. all-star game. Oh, the, shit. The, the rookie sophomore game. Oh, shit. And I did, there was a kid uh, on Houston, and I didn't play him at the end of the game. And he should have, I mean, it was an all-star game. Fuck. But I got competitive, and I was like, yo, I want to play these guys. I'm trying to win the game, though, Joe Kim. So I leave, I leave the arena, and I see he's walking with his grandma. And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, and grandma comes to me, how you gonna, this is an all-star game. You should be ashamed of yourself. You don't play my son. And I was like, Ma, grandma, you know what? You're right. I should have played this son. It was an all-star game. And he's like, Grandma, chill. Grandma, chill. And I should have, you know, I should have put him at the, it was an all-star game. Everybody deserved to play in the all-star game. But that's the kind of, man, I, that, that shit fucked me up, though. Damn. Like, that shit you fuck just fucked me up. I'm sitting up here like, damn, Grandma, you didn't tell Grandma you was trying to win that motherfucker? Grandma trying to win it. That's a, that's like, a baby, nah, man. You can't. baby in there. Exactly. Fuck out of here. It's an all-star game. You drove 200. Right, right. <laughs> Right, probably we got right in your shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's next for you, man? What's next for you, man? For you, me, listen, I gotta throw this before you even answer that. My bad, not to cut you off. Excuse mm -hmm. me, but bro, you got a personality, bro. You ever fuck with content, podcast? Man, what's what's next for you? Look, that's another reason why I'm here. Mm. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. Mm. Um, you know, I got my purpose work in order. I know a lot of my energy is gonna go on that, but. At the end of the day, I love what you're doing right now. Um, you know, the, the content is, you know, it's the future, you know, because we need it, man. It's like I, there's too much bullshit on the Internet. You know, we need to have the OGs come in there, speak their truth and, you know, give the, give the guy. This is, a, this is a great platform. I'm, I'm just like really happy to be here and be able to talk about this stuff. I'm hearing people talking about things. This, that wasn't their story. This is, our, this, is, this is a moment that happened between me and you. Right. So being able to talk about this, um, I think it goes a long way and it's just bigger than what happened between the lines. So I'm really happy we were able to do this because um, to me, this is what it's all about. Yes, I respect Thank that. You for that was on. great. That was great. Certified, that was great. Man. Certified, for real. Certified, man. Ain't no outro, man. Certified. Yes, Lord. sir. Right.